Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Govs on the Go Faculty Spotlight, a podcast featuring faculty in the College of Arts and Letters here at Austin P. State University. My name is Dr. Buzun. I'm the Dean of the College. I'm also the host of the podcast and today I'm talking with Deontay Warren, professor in the Department of Theater and Dance here at Austin P. And thank you for being on the show. It's so great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I, now, we're going to get into all the things that you do for us here, but I want to talk a little bit about um, you know, how you came to Austin P. and how you found us. And, and you were a performer when you, uh, you have this great um, early part of your career. Um, what was it like to be on some of the biggest stages? You've been on Broadway, you've been across the world. Uh, what was that like? You know, it was wild because when it was all happening, I was just like, this is really cool. <laughs> and then there were days that were really hard. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right, this is a job. <laughs> so it was really cool to, to just, always be working really hard to like make the next thing happen. I feel like when you're a performer professionally, that's really the goal. So you don't really spend a whole lot of time um, reveling in it. Uh, but Broadway was different. There were so many moments where I was standing behind the curtain ready, ready to open the show because um, when you play the genie I covered the genie in Aladdin on Broadway um, and by cover I mean I was a standby so there were some days I would show up to work and I would sit backstage and play video games and there were some days I would show up to work and they would be like hey you're gonna do the thing and I'm like okay great let's go um, and then even more exciting days when I would be I don't know taking a nap uh, in the dressing room or you know recovering from having a full day of teaching or doing other gigs or something and we'd be in the middle of the show and I'd hear over the intercom Deontay to the hair room uh, because I have to go on mid show so those were the really fun days but um, there were days where there were scheduled shows and I knew it was happening and I was standing backstage and I was ready and I was ready to go and I hear that orchestra start and I was just like pinch me this is everything I ever wanted and um, uh, was even kind of scared to dream for um, mm. and that was always really cool but I always knew that I wanted to teach. In fact, even while I was doing that, I was already teaching out of a private voice studio. Um, started doing that when I was on tour with Dreamgirls, uh, which was my first national tour. And um, when the pandemic happened, uh, the world kind of slowed down. And I'll never forget, we were in rehearsal on that Thursday. It was a Thursday afternoon, <laughs> March 12th, I believe it was. Um, we were in a rehearsal that afternoon because someone new was coming into the show. And um, they sent us home and said, there's no show tonight. Everything's been shut down. And it was the first time that I'd really kind of been home in the middle of a week in years. I'd been in Aladdin for three and a half years at that point. And um, that night became two weeks. That two weeks became a month, month and a half. And I kind of realized that I, I was feeling this need to move on. And so I... Um, just started making the necessary arrangements to officially leave the show and um, go back to grad school, finish that degree and, and um, enter the job search. And when I entered that job search, I never thought that it would bring me so close to home. Um, so because I grew you're up, from Nashville. I grew up in Nashville, yes. I grew up in Nashville. Funny story, when I was, um, 
when I was in high school, I was in marching band and I was the uh, drum major or field commander, the, um, I conduct the band for my sophomore to senior year. And uh, we had our band camp right here on Austin Peay's campus back then. And um, so I had been on the campus and stayed in the dorms as a high school student. Um, but I hadn't really thought of Austin P. Had no idea it had such a great theater department. Had no idea they had started a musical theater concentration. And at the time, I saw the post happen. And at the time, one of my first voice teachers, Dr. John Ray, was working here. And he sent me a message and said, hey, you should, you should apply. Because he knew that I was in school and I was starting to search for positions. And... Um, and throughout that process, I just met some of the most incredible students, some of the most incredible colleagues that when I talked about everything that I envisioned for how we um, move the needle forward for our culture, for theater and for music theater, and how we train um, future artists that are entering into the, the, the culture, they were excited. They were like, yes, and, and, we're, and that goes in alignment with what we're doing in this way and that way. And I would throw out an idea and they would be like, oh yes, but also how about this? And it was just such a great vibe and great environment. And they had active plans for being inclusive and were enthusiastic about all the ways that I believe we can be more inclusive. And it just absolutely felt like the right fit. Wow, and in that very short period of time, you have become the coordinator for the musical theater program. Yes. <laughs> and um, you obviously teach the classes. What are some of your favorite classes to teach and why? Well, I am primarily the voice teacher. Um, so I get to, that's obviously my favorite. Mm, okay. <laughs> because I get these freshmen come in and um, they come in at varying levels of um, skill and um, experience. And I get to see them afraid of their potential and afraid of what's possible for them. And I really get a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with each of them guiding and mentoring and collaborating because I firmly believe they teach me just as much as I teach them. And, um, getting to know their goals and their skills and it's a it's a real privilege that I get that no one else in my department really gets in that I get to spend so much one-on-one -on -one time with them getting to know them their learning styles um, their challenges and leaving space for them to have their challenges to fail and fall on their face knowing that mm. they're going to be supported they're going to be guided they're Feet are going to be held to the fire, and yeah. um, uh, there's a certain standard that, uh, that, that they're going to be upheld to, um, but there's room um, in these four years to make mistakes and, and mess up and figure it out, and um, I really get a lot of opportunity to engage in that one-on-one -on -one with them, and that's why that's my favorite. And it seems that, that your department offers such um, opportunity for growth, yes. for personal growth yes. in a safe environment, as you mentioned, that the students feel like this is a good area for me to not only learn, but to have an experience that advances me forward. Absolutely. And I think those were the things that I was saying when I was interviewing at uh, other places, saying that, yes, 
studying musical theater is tough. There are three major disciplines that you're bringing together, but we have to um, hold that rigor um, while also helping them be decent human beings mm. and learning how to be neighbors and how to be in community because my experience in the professional world, the most talented people weren't the ones that got the gigs. It was the people that understood how to collaborate, that understood how to be in a challenging moment and still be gracious, um, that understood how to have a challenge come at them and still be gracious. And, and when you can build those skills, you're not only going to be successful in the theater, you can really be successful wherever your life takes you. Okay, Professor Warren, we're going to do a little <laughs> role play here because I'm going to pretend that I am a musical theater prospective student. Okay. Okay, and um, I want to hear you tell me, um, because, you know, and, and this is in truth in many ways, I wish I could sing, dance, and act. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to be part of your program what kind of um, what kind of sales pitch, or how do you how do you talk to a young person about um, the program? Yeah, um, the reality is that anyone that is interested in studying musical theater already understands how rigorous it is, um, and um, I my first conversation is you know you're here. You've auditioned. Uh, you've auditioned, which is why we're having an interview and while we're speaking. So my assumption is that you can sing and dance. What is? What else is there to you? Mm. Who are you? What do you like? What do you want? What do you want out of your life? Um, we have that conversation, and I'll say I'll ask them about community. What kind of community are you interested in being in for the next four years, and how do you plan on contributing to that? because that's really important. That's what we're building here. And I think the people that want that um, are attracted to it, and the people that want something um, that's not that um, find their way to a place that's more fitting for them. But I'm finding that um, if we keep putting people into the culture that understand how to be in community, that's how we actually change theater culture. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, we have many wonderful productions throughout the, uh, throughout the year that people can watch, and you're involved in those. What are some of the joys and challenges oh, yes. of those productions? <laughs> oh, challenging. Um, uh, the, the biggest joy, honestly, we're doing a show right now called the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. It is one of the funniest shows mm. um, in the musical theater canon. Um, there's a lot of... Um, audience participation. There is a lot of improv involved, but the music um, is deceptively di difficult. When done well, it sounds very simple and very easy, but uh, learning it is a serious challenge, and then singing it is an even bigger challenge. And when we chose the show, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. And all of our students were like, I can't do it. And it's been absolutely thrilling watching them realize that they can do all these things that they couldn't do. That happens every single show. We have at least one, two, usually three students saying, why did you cast me? I can't do this. And uh, watching them learn that they can is, there is literally no bigger joy ever. One of the biggest challenges, however, is um, the program is, I feel like we've just settled on a, a version of the curriculum that addresses this, but um, 
there hasn't been a lot of confidence in their music ability. So music rehearsals become a challenge. Mm. Um, and I say that's a challenge literally up until this semester because I feel like um, learning 25th Annual's Putnam County Spelling Bee in music rehearsals, we set aside an entire week of music rehearsals and we only needed two of those days because everyone's so much more confident and competent and excited about learning music and not dreading it anymore. Mm. Um, so watching that culture shift, I guess, is another joy. So I guess that was a cop out. I didn't give you a real challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see you afterwards, and I know that you have uh, you have tried to make sure that you, you hope for the best for the students. And, and I know that, uh, that that's the hardest thing is to see them go through that process sometimes because you want them to be um, the all-stars that you see each and every day. And yes. I know that that's, that's a struggle for anybody in, in our is. role. And it's, it's hard to, to I, we try to create an environment where the production itself is a byproduct. Um, uh, the students have all of these expectations on a show, but we're trying to really let them know that our goal is to help them build the skills to do this work. And if those skills are being built and those skills are being honed, the show is going to be great. Yeah. I just want to finish up with one other question, and it's about, I think it's the first time I met you and you had presented your research on um, that, that involves your your teaching area which is about using your voice and uh, I think it's gender yes gender affirming voice care. Uh, gender affirming so can you t please tell us about that of course while I was in grad school I was introduced to the voice lab based out of Chicago and I started learning under and working with them uh, working with transgender voice users and uh, people across the gender spectrum in helping them find a use of their voice in speech and in singing that is uh, more congruent with how they view themselves. A lot of people uh, engaged in this work based on um, uh, how they wanted to experience themselves, how they needed the world to experience them for their own safety um, and for job security and um, just to feed their artistry. Um, and I saw an incredible need for us to be making our musical theater voice studios more inclusive spaces. And um, a lot of people that I work with there and that I've met since um, throughout the field, uh, the voice field and the musical theater voice field are engaged in this beautiful, beautiful work. And um, it's taking the tenants that we work on using voice science, the research that's been done about how we uh, tend to socially classify voices um, and using that information to build a more inclusive space in the musical theater voice studio. Um, and then taking it a little bit further and really investigating who we study, um, uh, what composers we study, what characters mm. and roles we allow students to study, who makes those rules and what they should and shouldn't be, and constantly sort of investigating the language because the language in academia is incredibly gendered and binary, and how we sort of address, start to address all of these areas to make our voice studios the most inclusive and bravest space we can create. Um, I say brave because we can't really define what's safe for everybody, but we can create a space where they feel brave enough to be themselves. 
That's terrific. And I feel like we could talk another 15 minutes. I'm so <laughs> glad that you joined us on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to all of our viewers out there and for joining us. We will continue to profile some of the outstanding professors we have here in the College of Arts and Letters at Austin Peay State University. So until next time, stay safe, take care, and God bless.